Welcome to the Holy Authentic Life Podcast. My name is Bruce. And I'm Tammy. And we're so glad to get to hang out with you today. Yes, we are. We are super excited because we are here to share with you about the hope we have for a vibrant and sustainable life in Christ. Man, this is going to be good. Let's do this thing. Hello, coming to you live from the Smith Family Recording Studio, a.k.a. AKA our camper. camper. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, this is really high tech is, is what this is. I love that we're here and doing this. I love this conversation. And so today in our conversation, I want to take us back Ooh. to uh, a moment from our very first podcast. Mm. I threw out the word epic. Oh, Yeah. I was kind of stumped by that. Like, you were like, well, what does it mean for a podcast? How do you begin a podcast with epic? And I was like, no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because when we think of the word epic, it's Mm -hmm. definitely not normal. No. It's beyond. It's greater than or whatever. And the reason I want to bring it up today is because I just really want to take a moment to talk about reality. Mm, Okay. Often, if I use the word epic, we're not thinking reality. We're thinking of literature, an Mm -hmm. epic written by Homer. Myths, legends. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. And yet there is more to life than just living through each day. Yeah, barely getting by or paying the bills, making sure your day-to-days are covered. Right. Why have this whole concept of a wholly authentic life that is about pursuing life that is vibrant and sustainable if there's not more than what we normally experience? And again, we always tag on vibrant and sustainable life in Christ. Right. Because it's not a quality where we can do on our own. Mm -hmm. That's what I guess I'm trying to say. We are not self-sustaining. No. We are meant to be dependent on our creator for life and for everything that we have. Yeah. And so today I just want to bring us to one aspect of that because ever since I got back from going to boot camp Northwest, there's been this battle for my heart because I'm wanting to lean more in and pursue the life that God has for me. It seems like there's so much opposition to that. It's like I had this great moment with God and now I come back and all of a sudden it's been in a bad headspace for for several days. What does that mean like a bad headspace? Well, I find myself angry, Mm. just easily triggered. Okay. I find myself on edge Mm. more. I wrote down in my journal that I am hurt really easily by things that people say to me. And I just find myself really pulling away, turning inward, withdrawing from people, the things that could right the ship. I'm pulling away from them. Wow. And I like it. Oh, there's something in me that just says, if it's just me against the world, I can handle that. And I am fine. I know I'm safe there. Mm hmm. But yet buried Mm -hmm. down deep beneath all that raw emotion is a heart that wants to do right. Mm. It's a heart that wants to be in relationship with others, to open up and to say, this isn't really the life I want. The life I want is different. It's more. And so it's a hard thing because I feel in some ways like you remember Boromir? Oh, my goodness. In Lord of the Rings? Yes, He was a character you would appreciate his strength. Yeah. You would appreciate his desire to do right. 
to win victory for the kingdom, to be that warrior. And it's in that he then is tempted and overcome by the easier path of taking the ring and using its power Mm -hmm. to get the victory that he wants. Wow! It's like that kind of a battle going on in my heart, in my mind for the life that I want to pursue. Will I Mm. take that easier path? Will I turn inward and just take hold of something Mm -hmm. like Boromir? Mm -hmm. Or will I pursue the right things? Will I support Frodo? (laughs) Will I help him on his way? Mm -hmm. Will I defend him and his journey? I say it that way because we started with the word epic. Yeah. Sometimes we need to see life that way. And by me seeing the characters in that novel or movie, whichever you so <laughs> yeah. lean into, but seeing those characters, then I can really see something bigger that's going on here on a level that's not just me dealing with difficult thoughts or depression or anxiety or anger mm-hmm. inside of me. I'm not just dealing with that. Like Boromir, the ring was called calling to him because Sauron had put all of his evil into the ring and the ring did that. Mm. It called out to him. Yeah. Well, it's like something Mm. is calling out to me. And so I wanted to take time today to acknowledge this battle. Yeah. Because I feel like so many of us, you and I have had this conversation before, for years we were asleep. We were not aware of this battle. And so maybe today is Mm -hmm. a wake up call to say we're in the middle of a battle and that there are spiritual things calling out to us that are not for us. Mm, Wow. And so we just want to wake people up to that. We want to talk about this battle. It's so good. And I love, well, first, I love your vulnerability to just open up and to admit, hey, here's where I am. And this has kind of been my struggle because that's the first step that Mm -hmm. we all, when we face it and we don't run from it, avoid it, numb Mm -hmm. it, any of those things, when we just say, this is where it is, this is Mm -hmm. where the battle is. And I'm just really, I'm so hopeful that as we bring this out and we get into the light and we talk about it, process it, recognize it, that we'll find ways to fight and we'll find ways to mature in our faith in this area and just see all the life that God has for us when we choose to engage in the battle. Yes. So let's start with what this looks like, what it feels like. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, if I'm unaware of this greater battle, what am I experiencing in my life that is sort of waking me up, trying to tell me something more is going on, but I'm not seeing it. Mm. So I mentioned anger. Yeah. Easily triggered. Wow. Being hurt easily. So my emotions are very raw. They're out there. As we say, we're wearing our emotions on our sleeve. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It might feel like anxiety. Mm -hmm. It might feel like depression. Mm -hmm. It might feel like any other number of emotional things that we are going through. When I use words like anger, depression, anxiety, there's some people are going to hear that and say, well, I deal with depression and I deal with anxiety and I deal with anger. Right. Are you just saying that this is all spiritual and there's nothing else to it? No, I'm not saying that at all. There is something physical to that. Yeah. We would have to take multiple podcasts to dive into our past, to the story of our lives, to see how certain things developed in us, tendencies developed in us. There are definitely physical things, Mm -hmm. mental things that lead to depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Right. Just like I'm not saying these things are only a spiritual thing, that if you just prayed about it, it'd go away. (laughs) I'm not saying that at all. But I'm also 
also saying it's not just a physical thing either. Right. It's both. And I mean, and. and and honestly, in a lot of the work that I do with my clients is that we're looking at all of it. We're looking at, okay, you have the symptoms of depression, then let's just rule out some things. Go to your doctor, get a well visit check, get blood work done, see that everything biological is good, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then we sort of rule that out. When all that looks good, great, awesome. Then we start working on, okay, what are your thinking patterns? What are some ways that your thoughts aren't necessarily in a good place? And so then we work on that aspect. And then obviously there's the relational aspect. What are the relationships? What's your connection health there? Because that's an important part. And then the spiritual part. So, I mean, there's actually, as we're talking about it, we're very complex humans made Mm -hmm. after an amazing, infinite God. He made us in his image. And so there's not just a, okay, here's a cookie cutter kind of thing. Do this and all will be well. It's multifaceted. This spiritual battle that you're talking about is a part of it. We are holy, authentic life. Right. The premise that we build upon is we believe that there is no secular and spiritual. It's not compartmentalized. Yeah. Yeah. We're whole. We are one whole person. And so we have to deal with it all. Yes. We deal with the quote unquote secular aspects of life. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned. Right. Our physical, mental, emotional, relational. All of that. And right. we also deal with the spiritual as well because we are one person. It's all connected. It is. It's integrated. Yes. It's all one thing. So as we talk about this, the thing that we are most often unaware of mm-hmm. is the spiritual aspect of it. Wow. We hear from any number of sources about all of the physical, mental, relational, emotional things. Right, right. But we're not hearing about the spiritual aspect of it. And so what happens is we do our best to deal with all of those secular things. Mm-hmm. And yet we skip the spiritual, which is kind of like getting stung by a bee and the stinger staying in us. Ouch. The bee's no longer there. So we got rid of that, but mm-hmm. something about it stayed in us and that's causing us problems. Right. That's what we want to do today is say, let's wake up, mm-hmm. open our eyes, yeah. see through different eyes. What is the battle that we're really in Yeah. and press into mm-hmm. the spiritual as well? Because what we're shooting for is wholeness, yes. healing. Mm. And what I love is that God is also known as the great physician. Mm-hmm. He is a healer. And so he wants to heal us physically, emotionally, relationally, mentally, and spiritually. Wow. So we normally have this conversation going on. I've written like, uh, gosh, a good chapter. <laughs> In your journal. <laughs> for a book someday, mm-hmm. because I just really wanted to get the metaphor mm-hmm. of battle right. into this conversation. Because, I mean, come on. I know. Battle's kind of epic if we talk about it. I mean, mm-hmm. look at some of our favorite movies. Kingdom of Heaven. Oh, man. Lord of the Rings. The Star Alchemist. Wars. The Alchemist. There's just this battle yeah. that is a part of those stories. We love it. Even the Avengers and mm-hmm. all the different things like that. So I want to use that metaphor. Right. As we talk about this so that we have our eyes fully opened to what's going on. And one of the words that we have in scripture, when we get off track with God, one of the things in the Bible tells us to do is that we need to repent. Oh, yeah. And repentance, I think, is a really good entry door for us to talk about this battle. Because if you think about it, the worst attacks in a battle come from behind. So when we're walking in the wrong direction, our enemy is like such a back shooter. 
Oh, no. And I'm just going to call him out for that. Ugh. He attacks us Ugh. where we are most vulnerable. So if we are walking in a direction we shouldn't go, then he's shooting at us from behind. Mm. Repenting is stopping and recognizing that we're not headed in the right direction. Yeah. So if there's something physical, emotional, mental going on, the first thing we do is we need to say, stop. This is not the direction I want to go. Yeah. So yeah. I want to turn and I want to go the opposite direction. That's what repentance means. So that's what I want to do. I want to turn and go the opposite direction. I begin to face my enemy. Whether that be something physical, mental, emotional, relational, or spiritual, whatever it is, I want to face my enemy. That's important. Mm. I like that awareness of this is where it starts. No Mm. longer running from it. No longer numbing, avoiding, pushing it away, but stopping, turning, and facing it. That is so cool. Yes. And when we're facing our enemy, we Mm -hmm. see what it really is or who it really is. I put it that way because let's talk about relational things. Okay. We need each other. Yes, very much. let's just you and me talk about us. Okay. And so if you and I are going in the wrong direction, Mm. we're going to fight whatever's in front of us. Mm -hmm. Well, if I'm not facing my enemy, Mm -hmm. who am I facing in relationship with you? Mm. I guess you'd be facing me. I'm facing you. (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) No, no. And then I'm fighting you. Right. And we have conflicts. We do. And Mm. we start battling each other Mm -hmm. instead of both repenting and then being like two soldiers back to back on the field Mm -hmm. fighting for one another. Instead of fighting against. Instead of fighting against one another. That happens in every relationship. Not everybody's going to do the right thing all the time. And we're not always going to agree on the method to do the right thing. (laughs) Exactly. But that's why Paul really made it a point to say our Mm. battle's not against flesh Flesh and and blood. blood. That's right. So if we're facing flesh and blood right now Mm. in whatever battle that we're in, maybe it's time for us to repent. I love that. Stop letting our enemy shoot us in the back. Right. While we're facing someone who's not our real enemy. Man. And let's face him and let's move forward from there. And come together. That's so huge. That's a big deal. It is. It's a very big deal. So now that we're facing our enemy, we can see his attacks coming. Right. We can anticipate his moves. Paul also said, we are not ignorant of his schemes. We know that he is trying to knock us down. He's trying to infiltrate our relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're able to stand our ground. We're more aware. We're able to see. We start praying better prayers. Yeah. Oh, I like the way you said that. Instead of just the, I always think of the God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. You know, like how many of us have prayed those kind of prayers, right? And they're not effective. Yeah, You're much more kind than I am because (laughs) when I'm mad at you, I'm like, God, why is this woman in my life? (laughs) Wow. I really didn't even know that until right now. Why is this woman in my life? (laughs) Okay, we're really being real, wholly authentic today, aren't we? (laughs) But that's the way we feel. Well, yeah, I mean, and I'm not talking about just. Just you and me. Um, no, I know. We, we work through these things. And I think <laughs> God is so kind and generous not to listen yeah. to those kind of prayers. I'm glad he's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not the kind of prayers that I'm, I'm thinking we should be praying as a married couple. But no, it's real. I mean, no, no. And, and we get frustrated at times. Not as a married couple. Not as friends. Yeah. 
those words, that right. frustration yeah. is natural. It comes out of our mouth. Right. It comes out of our heart. It because does. there are times where we just get selfish and we mm-hmm. are turning inward. And that's what comes out. And yep. I'm not getting on my knees praying, God, take this woman from me. <laughs> no, that's not what's happening. <laughs> I hope not. But in my mind, mm-hmm. I'm dwelling on those kinds of ideas and thoughts. And that's not mm-hmm. taking me in a good direction. No. And in a way, it's like I'm praying without kneeling before God and praying. Right. Right. Well, because we're frustrated in that moment. Yeah. And we're not facing our true enemy either. Not at all. We're looking at one another and blaming one another and not taking responsibility for even sometimes our own things or the narratives. We've talked about this before. The stories I'm writing in my mind based on maybe a part of something that I might not have even understood that you said or we did. And then I formulate this whole, oh, well, he's this or that. And I go in that direction. Direction and I may be completely 100% wrong. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's so important for us to come back and sometimes to get clarification. Hey, I use I statements. I, and I felt really hurt when mm-hmm. you said this or did this. Help me to understand mm-hmm. because the story I'm writing right now about you is not good. <laughs> right. And I'm setting that you're the enemy and I know that's not true. Yeah. And so help me to understand. One of the things we need to realize about our enemy is that he's not not all knowing. Oh, that's so good. He's also not all powerful. Mm-mm. So he responds to what we do. So when we turn toward each other in anger or frustration or apathy, resignation, resignation, all yeah. can be a part of that. Right. Once we act, then he pounces. Oh, man. He's very quick to have his troops up mm-hmm. in reserve, <laughs> ready to take that battle mm-hmm. to the next level. Yeah. But he has to wait to respond to us because he can't anticipate what we're going to do. Mm-mm. God alone has that ability. Mm. So he's re- always reacting to us. So that's why repentance is important. It is important. And us coming back together. And I love this whole analogy of metaphor with this mm-hmm. epic. I see it so clearly in movies and in books and things when sometimes I can't see it very clearly in my own life. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love this story of just bringing these characters to life that we love and even recognizing, are there any characters that you relate to mm-hmm. that would help you to see maybe your role, your gift? gifts, the talents God has given you a little bit more clearly. And you know, I'm a huge C.S. Lewis fan. He is my favorite. Mm -hmm. And so all of the Narnia novels have been a part of my life for a long time now. And I love the characters in them. There's just something about the way C.S. Lewis has made Narnia, made the story, made everything so epic. It's a very easy storyline for me to relate to. Yeah. So once we start looking, yeah, we have to wake up. Mm-hmm. If we don't wake up, we'll never repent. If we don't wake up, mm-hmm. we won't see our enemy in front of us. Yeah. So that's important. We have to wake up and realize that this is reality. Right. Once we wake up to that reality, then we start seeing things. Then we can move forward. Yeah. And so we want to repent, face our enemy, Mm -hmm. see what's coming. In doing that, he has a tendency to know where our weaknesses are. So we need to know what our past battles have looked like. That's good. I like that. If we remember, okay, this is not new. I've been here before. Mm. Then we can be prepared. We can sure up our defenses in that area. Think about it from a commander's point of view on a battlefield. If we know that this area is weak, we're 
we're going to reinforce that area. So by looking at our past battles, where did things succeed? Where did they fail? Wow. If we know that, then we can act appropriately. What were the catalysts of good things that happened? Yeah. What were the catalysts of bad things mm. that happened in our battle? Maybe that's with a friend, in a relationship. Maybe it's just in our own personal life, something that we're battling with, a habit that's in our life that we don't want, an addiction. One of the yeah. first things that we try to encourage people to do is say, okay, where does it start? Right. Where did today's ultimate giving in to that addiction Mm -hmm. begin? Wow. Did it start by reading something, watching something? Mm. Did it start in a conversation that went sideways? Yeah. Where did it start? And then what was its progression from there? Right. Because if we can identify these catalysts, then we can recognize when it happens. I may not be able to prevent every sideways conversation from happening. Right. But when it happens, my reaction to it can be different if I'm aware that, wait a minute, last time something like this happened, Mm. I had this conversation, put me in a bad headspace, and down the spiral I went. Yeah. So this time I'm not going to go there. Wow. Which is so good. What you're saying makes me think of this poem that I really like, and I think it's pretty powerful. And so it's called There's a Hole in My Sidewalk, a poem by Portia Nelson. Chapter one. I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I am lost. I am helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes forever to find a way out. Chapter two. I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend that I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in this same place, but it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. Chapter 3. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it is there. I still fall in. It is a habit, but my eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter 4. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter 5. I walk down another street. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Because that is what we're trying to get at today. Yes, it is. We (laughs) acknowledge that we have all experienced chapter one. Oh my gosh. No kidding. (laughs) And unfortunately, we tend to live in chapter two. I know. I was of that poem. Yeah. We just live there. (laughs) We do. And we stay there way too long. And we refuse to take responsibility. It's about seeing this battle, acknowledging it for what it is, and not just simply staying blind to it. Mm -hmm. Also, we're actually being blinded. Mm. That's one of the tactics of our enemy. Wow. Is he wants to keep us blind. Yeah. He wants to place enough doubt into our minds on a regular basis. Man. Think about how much the world shouts, all that spiritual stuff's not true. Yeah. All that God stuff's not true. Wow. The world shouts that enough that even those of us who have made a commitment of our life to Christ, wow, we still deny the existence of so many spiritual things going on. We do. And that is a battle every day that we have to take up our cross daily and follow Christ. And we want to get to a place where we have that conviction, where we've moved from, what have you done for me lately, God, to, I trust you, you are real. This 
this is real and I will follow you today. Where I don't allow my emotions or my circumstances or all the things to keep me from that deep trust and knowledge of like this spiritual battle is real. God, you are real and I believe. Yes. Well, it's like the commander on the field. We want to learn how to fight smarter, not harder all the time. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> think about it. The person in the poem that kept falling in the, the hole, hole <laughs> kept having to get out of the hole. Oh, gee. That's fighting harder. Not smarter. <laughs> not smarter. It wasn't till chapter five. Right. That yeah. they began to fight smarter, which is I'm going down a whole different street. I'm not even going to go down the street. Right. With the hole in the sidewalk. And so that's what we're getting at here of facing our enemy, seeing his attacks coming, being prepared so that we can fight smarter instead of harder. Secondly, I think we need to know not only what our past battles were, but we also need to know our commander. Oh, man. Our faith object is how Neil T. Anderson says, object of our faith. Because the more we know God, his character, his grace, his everything, the better we're going to be for the battle. Yeah. And you said a word just a minute ago. You said trust. Yes. We need to learn how to trust him. Mm. If we know him, we trust him more. When we don't know God, all we know is what somebody said about him. Mm. There is that lack of faith, that lack of belief that exists. Yeah. And anytime, there is a lack of trust or a lack of faith, Mm -hmm. we hesitate. Right. And that's what I was talking about earlier. Our enemy does not have foreknowledge. He doesn't see what's going to happen before it happens. Only God can do that. By the way, God's our commander. Yeah. He sees what's going to happen before it happens. I don't know how you could get more trustworthy mm-hmm. than knowing exactly what we need to be able to go through whatever it is we have to go through. Right. And that he's going to provide for us. That he is going to provide that for us. That's honestly what he does. So that's mm-hmm. our commander. We want to know him. Yeah. When we hesitate because we lack that trust and we don't know our commander well, right? that moment's hesitation is all our enemy needs to react mm. and in a way get ahead of us Ooh. and make the battle harder mm-hmm. on us. Mm-hmm. We give him the advantage. Mm. And we want to stop doing that. I want to close that door, right? (laughs) Whatever that is that I've opened up and said, come on in. No. It's the old (laughs) saying, right? How many times have we heard the saying in movies? What? Loose lips. Sink ships. Exactly. (laughs) I didn't even have to finish it. I don't even know how I know that. Where does that even come from? Because it's reality. And that's the biggest thing that everybody worries about when they come up with a battle plan. Oh. If that plan gets into the hands of the enemies, there's nothing worse. Right. Because the enemy will be prepared. Well, that's what we do when we hesitate. Mm. Then our enemy sees how we're going to react and what we're going to do. And Mm -hmm. it puts us at a disadvantage, him at an advantage of knowing where we're going to go. And so he has a lie prepared. Man. He has a counter attack prepared. Ah, Frustrating. So if we know our commander, we trust his heart and we trust that he is the only one who knows the future. Mm -hmm. And we trust that he is the only one who has the power to overcome anything. Yeah. Then we just walk with faith Mm, without hesitation into the battle, bringing all our defenses online (laughs) and ready to just march. Because let's take a moment to say it's not just 
our lives, I don't just fight for myself. Mm-hmm. Other people depend on me engaging in this battle. Wow. That's Be- a big deal right there. It is a huge deal. Let's because take a minute and talk about that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> because if I'm only fighting for myself, what happens? Your world is so small. I mean, mm-hmm. you become self-absorbed, narcissistic, dare I say. Wow. <laughs> We're going to go with all the sciencey terms. Well, you know, it is part of a wholly authentic life for, for me as a, yes. as a counselor. But, you know, that's true. Because if I'm just worried about me, myself, and I, then my world is very small. And the bad part about it is I don't see my own blind spots. Right. I think that's why this self-help thing is such a big industry and so many books on it. Because we don't want to open up to others. We don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to trust. We want to just be self sufficient. And that's not how we were created. No. In fact, when all I think about is myself, when this story is all about me, then I have this tendency to be able to say, eh, Mm -hmm. my life's good enough. Oh, I don't have to fight for a better life. I'm content. Life may suck really bad. (laughs) But despite the fact Uh that that's true, I can be content with where I am because all it affects is me. Oh, man. And that is to be blind to the fact that no other people are dependent upon us living the life God created us to live. Think about it this way. Okay. We're not the ones who set us free from sin. No. no. It was not a battle that I entered into and I won. And now, therefore, I have eternal life because I set myself free from sin. No, that's not how it goes. No. Someone (laughs) else fought that battle for me. And that was Jesus. Yes. He fought that battle for me to set me free from sin so that I could have eternal life. But it even didn't stop there. Someone else in my life got outside of themselves to show me the way. Right. To live in such a way that they could then call me up and show me the life that God had for me. Wow. And it was because of this other person Mm -hmm. that I was then able to be set free. Wow. So Jesus did the hardest part. He did. He defeated our enemy. (laughs) But then someone else overcame their selfishness in order to have an impact on my life. Yes. And truly, it wasn't just one person. I was going to say, I can think of multiple people over the course of my life that have continued to be those beautiful feet that we talked about that bring the good news. And you're right. And if you think about the ripple effect of how we're all interconnected, and so living just for self, it seems and sometimes feels right, Mm -hmm. but it's so not. It's not true. No, we don't live in a vacuum. Mm -mm. I think I've said that here before. (laughs) Right. We don't live in a vacuum. Our actions ultimately always impact someone more than just ourselves. Yes. This is never more true than when it talks about this battle as we are fighting Mm. for the life, fighting for the ability to set others free. That's what we're fighting for here. Wow. I want to get well so that others can hear my story Mm. and also be made well. I want to wake up so that I can wake other people up to the reality of this battle and how we have victory in Christ. Yeah, that's the key. And we can't do it alone and we can't do it without his help. (laughs) Right. And so we can't let that verse of scripture, John 10, 10. We've talked about it from day day one on our podcast because we feel like when we're talking about vibrant and sustainable life, we can't help but come back to John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come, Jesus Jesus talking, that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Yeah. That abundant life that Jesus is offering for me is not intended to stop with With me. me. (laughs) 
but instead to what we say, flow through us. That's right. We're not a reservoir. We're a conduit. We yeah. said that last week. I like that. That's where we want to be. Yeah. That's why this battle is so important. Yes, it's important yeah. for me. Right. I want to experience a better life. On a it, personal level. Right? Yes. Yes. But it doesn't stop there. Yeah. Who is it that is already part of God's purpose for me to have influence in their life? Who am I influencing? Well, we have our kids. Yeah. That we're influencing. Yeah. I look at so many stories right now. You and I were reading through our Bible plan and yeah. we're going through so many of the lives of the kings. Oh, yeah. And how many of them did their kids follow their example Ugh, of no. not following God? <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> I read it and I'm just like, what? I know. And I don't want that to be my kids' story that they saw that mm. I wasn't fighting this battle and so they didn't see it as even important. Yeah. How crushed would I be to God, know, I know that my grandchildren mm. and my great grandchildren don't have a relationship with God because somewhere along the way I stopped fighting this battle. Well, and we've talked for a long time about I don't want the end of my days to be falling away from God because you see that with yes. some of the kings that when they were younger, they had this vibrant walk with God. They were following all the ways. And then somewhere towards the end of their life, they just sort of get hijacked and go mm-hmm. sideways off the rails. And I don't want that to be our story, right? No. No, definitely not our learning. I'm learning, though. I don't want to be so prideful, like, oh, I've got this. At any time in my life, I always want to stay on my knees, humble, dependent on God, and open toward others to say, I need you in my battle. I don't do it alone. Yeah, you're 100% right. So this conversation is amazing, and we want to take a moment to just pause right here and say we're going to come back to this next week. We have work to do, things to think about, things to really just pray about this week. Yeah, it's so good. In saying, Lord, open our eyes to see this battle, Mm. to see beyond just what our eyes can see, and to know what reality really is. And we'll come back to this conversation next time as we continue to pursue a life that is vibrant and sustainable in Christ.